Best friend hood. Best friend. 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 You're my best friend. You're my best friend. Best friend hood. Welcome back. That's Melissa. That's Jake. And this is best friend hood. So, welcome again, friends. Um, tonight, today whatever time of day that you are listening to this at, yeah, we are going to kind of continue our conversation from last time in a different vein, though. Tonight, I think we should talk about balancing and finding balance within friendship. Mm. Often, you know, people talk about yin and yang, finding that balance, that equality, that equilibrium with a partner, with a friend, at work, between work and life work-life balance, all those things. I think that all applies to friendships as well. Making sure that your needs are taken care of, the other person's needs are taken care of. And so, Melissa, I'm going to kick it over to you. When you think about balance in a friendship, what comes to mind? I was literally sitting here stroking my chin, being like, okay, how do I I want to... Or even asking myself, what do I think about that? Because <laughs> obviously not super overprepared over here. Balance within a friendship. And I think that is, well, you know, that's actually something that you and I, um, it was interesting because the happenstance of our lives and in our friendship, we went through like a pendulum swing mm-hmm. of that. And rather close together to where I went through um, some pretty big losses very close together. And during that time, I felt overly needy. Like I I felt like a friendship vampire. (laughs) (laughs) I want to feel your love. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Melissa. Special is as special does. So... And then what was interesting is after that, there was a time when you went through something difficult and you, like the pendulum, swung in the opposite direction. And it was there. It was a balance, you know, and I think that's something that was tough for me is because usually in my life, I'm not a person who asks for help even Mm -hmm. and to feel that raw and that like that emotion of like it was almost a neediness is what I was feeling uh I had never felt that heavy I mean probably I mean probably when I was like you know an angsty teenager definitely you know evanescence writing in my diary looking at myspace pages you know probably but in my adult life I don't think that I had felt that um desire for I'm not sure if it was understanding or care or even validation, but yeah. And so learning that there, a balance almost happens on its own if you let it. Things tend to balance themselves out one way or another. I distinctly remember that period of time, and and we definitely talked about it last time. It really was a strange place to be in. I remember spending time with you here at your house and you even said to me one night and it was a pretty tough night. You even said, I'm I'm sorry I'm being the needy friend. I'm sorry that I need so much. I've just spent an hour talking your ear off. Thanks for listening. I'm sorry. 
And I hope I responded. I think I responded with something along the lines of, that's never something to be sorry for because I'm here for you. That's what part of being your friend is, is when you're going through a difficult time, I can provide that emotional space and hold some of that with you. Not for you. With you. Oh, what a beautiful definition. Well done. And then you're right. The pendulum swung in my direction. And I think I even said something along the same lines of, oh my gosh, now it's my turn to be emotionally not needy, but emotionally um, needing support, needing backup, needing someone to sit there and say, yep, this is not great. And I'm here for you, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And I sometimes I... Um... Like I said, it was the first time I really felt that and asked for that. And I think it's because of the base of friendship that we had where I felt comfortable for the first time being so incredibly vulnerable and not worrying that you were going to... Oh, there's a whiny kitten in the background. Um, So we find a way to balance things out. Maybe if we can like take it outside of you know, this personal realm that you and I are in right now talking mm-hmm. about it. And outside of grief as well. Oh, for sure. Because there, I mean, there's totally other times when it could be, you know, looking for a job or mm-hmm. somebody is finding another significant person in their life and, you know, time is then less with that friend because they're, you know, in, indulging in a, not indulging in a new relationship, exploring this new relationship. Well said. Uh, and there's a balance within that too of recognizing that this person has their own stuff going on. Right. I'm going to allow them that because, uh, oh man, almost like that new Billie Eilish song. Uh, yeah. In a few weeks, I'll be bored. <laughs> not, that, <laughs> not that they would be bored in this new relationship, but um, the veneer the, the novelty, shine. the novelty, kind of wears off, and and after that sort of infatuation period comes to a close or diminishes a little bit, then you come back to your senses and you're like, oh, I have forgotten about my friend. Better go take care of that relationship too. Yeah, balancing the things that are important to you. Mm-hmm. Again, not just relationships, work, personal life, other extracurriculars that you're doing, hobbies. I am waving my hands. All over the place. Yeah. Gesticulating you are. Yes. I need to balance that a little bit. Anyway, um, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just thinking in my brain, like, it's what's interesting, how natural it seems that, um, at least for myself, I gravitate towards people who naturally, like, to where that balance is natural Mm -hmm. of it's like a a give and a take. And it's also um, sharing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people share too much all of the time and it's like, so is this person asking for constant validation or is it, you know, just who they are, whatnot? I, I tend to, because for me personally, I feel like they are asking for my attention, my care, my input. And if it's so constant, I'm, I will step away from that situation because, that's a whole heck of a lot that I'm not willing. <laughs> I'm choosing to find that balance within myself of like, that's too much for me. Mm-hmm. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. That sounds like an okay boundary the way you described it. If someone, and wow, this is kind of a fine line, but when there's a person in your life who is constantly or very, very often requesting, asking for validation or emotional support for things that maybe aren't a devastating loss, it can become kind of tiresome if that isn't being reciprocated. If that's unbalanced within the relationship. And and then, wow, I'm this is just hitting my brain right now. But also, what if that's the way that they communicate? Like, they don't know how else to get people to interact with them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I... Yeah, I think I do. Because I can think of some people that I've met in my life where every time that we talk, it's a woe is me. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is what's happening. Oh, and then this is going to happen. And then I have this to look forward to. It's like, whoa, that's a pendulum swing that's never going to come back my way. Mm -hmm. Right. Because 45 minutes later, they haven't even asked you. How are you? Yeah. Yeah. Or like. Did you have a nice weekend? (laughs) I'm I'm reminded of the phrase, uh, when someone enters a room, they suck up all of the oxygen. Mm. I think that could be a positive thing. You know, if somebody is very charismatic, they walk into a room at a party and, and they're just kind of an entertaining personality. But I think on a person to person level, individually, when there's not a crowd of people to sort of put the limelight on them, that same need or that same drive really gets in the way of sustainable relationships and i think one of the things is like tickling my brain right now is like you always see those things of um trouble spots for empaths because i i wholly believe that i am definitely an empath and one of them is uh like that's one of my tickers is (laughs) when somebody is just going on and on and on and on and on and they're telling me all of their things which is brilliant and beautiful in its right because they are choosing and feel comfortable enough to share their experience their story with me and i do love that and i'm appreciative and i respect that that is happening but by golly especially if it's constant downers or on the same token different side if it's always my life is great my life is great my life is great this this is this this is this you know that bragging aspect of it it's also a lot like we see your Facebook feed. We know life is perfect. We get it. Also, it's fake. Invite somebody else into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's build a relationship. Let's build a rapport. I'm not your bulletin board. And I think that's the issue is it feels in those circumstances where someone is choosing to share those things with you, it's less about the sharing aspect and more about the I want to be heard I want to be listened to it's almost my experience of those types of interactions is I feel like I'm a wall Mm -hmm. I could be on my phone I could glaze my eyes could glaze over and I could go you know totally deadpan and they would still chug along with just as much steam kind of um, ignoring that there's another participant in the conversation. Because they're not even waiting for a response or they're not expecting one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are difficult interactions to yes. have. Yeah, they are. And so that I think that's when the line of uh, not a friend 
or hopefully, hopefully you're able to recognize that that could be a hollow friendship. Mm Mm-hmm. A one-sided or unbalanced friendship because we I know I've done this to you I've said can I come over I had a rough day and I will dump just blah 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 for 30 minutes and I go ah thank you so much how was your day with just as much excitement and genuine like energy and curiosity mm-hmm. knowing that you just expended that listening to me and asking questions and and maybe you know asking clarification or whatever it's a conversation not just a a diary entry spoken out loud <laughs> i thought you were going to say verbal diarrhea action <laughs> i was really trying to avoid that word yeah well it's already been said now hey um so what I was thinking about is like mean girls situation where there's like a pack leader, Regina, mm-hmm. and how they call each other friends, but it's so unbalanced to where, you know, that one person is the one who makes the decision, sets the vibe and whatnot. And the other friends in that friend group just kind of follow suit for want of not being excluded. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting power dynamic to bring up, and I th- I would also say that with that dynamic, I'm going to pause for a second because I can't remember what the word is. We have to cut this out. I'm drawing a total blank. Sure. Uh, talk around it. Bring some synonyms. So as you were describing that, I was I was reflecting on that movie... And how Regina, like you said, runs the show. The other two kind of follow along. It, it's just it's just an imbalance of power that they have chosen to give up some individualism, some individuality. The autonomy is gone. There's no autonomy. They, for fear of social rejection, mm-hmm. have handed her the keys to their life. And she really takes advantage of that. Now, that's not quite the point that I was trying to make. I It was on the tip of my tongue and I lost it. If it comes back around, I'll let you know. Sure. I mean, there's also tropes like, you know, with like dude bros. Like there's the captain of the football team and right. then his little, or even a uh, Harry Potter reference. It's Malfoy and then Crabbe and Goyle. Yes. They consider themselves friends, right? And they're really not. They're more lackeys. They Correct. are there to serve the ego of... The one individual, again, with the Harry Potter reference, largely stemming from a fear of social rejection. Mm-hmm. Crab and Goyle were mediocre students at best, kind of socially awkward, didn't really have anybody else that they were connected to. Malfoy saw them as easy targets, just like Regina saw, I can't remember the names, Gretchen and Karen? I can't remember. I don't know. It's been forever since I watched that movie. She can tell the weather by her boobs. <laughs> you remember? When it's raining, they get wet. <laughs> it's just, oh, bless. Oh, bless. Like she's taking advantage of their insecurities and their, mm-hmm. their, their... That's not a friendship. No, that's not a friendship. Because you get to see them blossom at the end of that film. Right. When they are feeling fulfilled and able to be their own selves. And validated in that. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crab and Goyle, we don't get to see that. They come to tragic ends. Yeah, shouldn't have ate that sleepy time cupcake. Nope. I know that was way earlier in the series, but it was in my brain. I just picture him grabbing. Who would grab a floating cupcake? A first year. Y'all, uh uh. <laughs> Maybe it's because, like, it's been drilled into my head. Don't, you know, like, to watch out for roofies. Right. I'm, like, yeah. screaming as I'm reading this book. You don't take a floating cupcake. It has never occurred to me that they literally roofied their classmates. Correct. Oh my God, that's what they did. Yes. That's so messed up. Tell me about it, Jacob. I've never put it into that context. You're, you're Holy cow. welcome. Sorry. Ooh. I know. Not great. Not great. Not great. Not great. Mm. Ugh. So, um. Also, they were children. They didn't have to die horribly in a fire. They were literal I forgot children. That's how it went down. Literal children. There's just a lot of child death in food. <laughs> that's a podcast reference. If y'all get bored one day and want some decent improv fantasy action, hello from the Magic Tavern. Check them out. It's great. <laughs> Talk about friendship. Just let yes. each other roll. <laughs> um, so that is definitely that's an imbalanced friendship, and I think one thing that we kind of learn. I kind of learned, um, I would say probably in my early mid twenties, even cause it's, it's different when you're in high school and mm-hmm. even college sometimes. I don't know. I tried college twice. I, it didn't, it wasn't my thing. Any hoosh, um, where there's those like social packs, if mm-hmm. you will. Yeah. So I never really dove into the relationship aspect of friendships until I was a little bit older, you know, early twenties, mid twenties. And about how there really is this interesting realization of who's a quote unquote real friend or whatnot, you know, because you have your bar friends, you have your childhood friends, you've got your new ones that you're, you know, trying to figure out. And then you also come across the ones where it's just like, and choosing to recognize that imbalance and almost abuse of you or let's be honest, like, I'm definitely not a perfect person. I was a horrible friend. I've certainly had my f- people in my life that I, yeah. I was not great to. Yeah, and I need to apologize to Megan. Like, she treated me like a gem. And mm. I, looking back on it, I really took advantage of that. I really, mm-hmm. really did. That was unbalanced. And I was the one causing that. Mm-hmm. I think we all would if we're honest with ourselves and really reflect on our lives and the friends that we've unfriended from Facebook or have thought about and never really questioned what happened. Maybe we were the problem. And that's another episode that we've talked about doing and we will. Oh, that's right. Because mm-hmm. I, I think that's a whole thing that we could really delve into being the difficult friend or the hard friend or the hurtful friend. I'm pretty sure I called it the shitty friend. You did. Yep. You're cute for trying to, ooh, do we need an explicit rating now? I'm or how not many sure. times can we say something? Isn't it like four? I think it's four or five. I can't remember. All right. I think one an episode, we're still safe. We're not going to push it. Nah. <sighs> push it. Push that rating. <laughs> not today. No, you're but thank you are you. correct. We won't. Uh, yeah. So having that um, awareness, there's something really interesting developmentally that's happening in your brain with that. One, maturity. You're growing up, 
having more experiences, learning more from those experiences, and having the ability to be insightful and look upon yourself and recognize, shoot, I'm not perfect and I never have been. And never will be. And never will be. We can strive for it, I guess, if you Mm -hmm. want. I don't recommend it. That's a whole lot of stress on your mental health and mental well-being. Strive to be better, not perfect, because that's unattainable. you. Perfectly you, absolutely. Okay. Be the truest form of yourself that you can be. Not some fabricated idea of perfect. Oh, we are humans. We're animals, my dude. Grr. Oh, that was cute. I'm keeping that in just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, the thing about high school and even college years mm-hmm. is that we as humans, our brains are shifting and rewiring, not shifting like in our skulls, but literally rewiring. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of anchored in there. Yeah. yeah, they don't move around a lot. They're not supposed to. If they do, there we are. call your doctor. You got a concussion, son. Or something. Yeah. But our brains change and shift so much in puberty. It's very similar to what happens in the brain um, in toddlers, which is why we have the terrible twos. Their brains are rewiring and preparing to take all of this information at puberty and in adolescence. That process begins anew. We lose some of the skills that we learned that we don't need anymore. Mm. We have space for new skills. It's really incredible what the brain is able to do in that time frame. Part of that process is we shift away from our parents or caregivers as being sort of our our goal, our moral compass even, our safe haven. And in teenage years, we really shift to focusing on our peers, which is why it's, it is a trope, but it's also more than just a trope. It's a, a biological occurrence that- Our tribe. We begin to identify ourselves separate from the family unit. And mm-hmm. so we connect with people- And that's why so often kids who maybe have low self-esteem or different areas of of feeling inadequate can become sort of the victims, if you will, to people like Regina or people like Malfoy Mm. because they're looking for connection. They're looking for... And still a bit of guidance. Guidance. And they're looking to that strong, willful, and, and not a bad way, but willful... Um, voice, if you don't have that for yourself, it's really easy to glom on to that because you're kind of perfectly prepared to do that the way your brain and the way you're developing. It really just eases that process so that kids are, they find themselves in groups, healthy or not. Mm, yeah. I don't know if that's helpful. Um, I think it is, putting it into those contexts that there's a reason that that's a trope. There's a reason that those imbalances exist. And, you know, our our frontal cortex where we make decisions isn't fully developed until we're about 24 or 25 years old. I was just going to ask you that. Like, isn't that a thing? Like, our brains don't stop growing until mm-hmm. 25. And they keep growing. They keep doing stuff. But all of the major changes are really done by that point. Okay. And that's where people kind of are able to step fully into being themselves and and you kind of settle into this is my identity i hope i hope you've been able to settle into your sense of identity it's a work we're all a work in progress we are continuously growing evolving we are transient beings Mm -hmm. and in those instances power imbalances are so easy to happen 
And isn't that a, like uh, an evolutionary thing where, I mean, I, I'm not going to say alpha and beta, but willful. Mm-hmm. Like somebody who seems like they got it together. P.S. By the way, nobody ever actually has it together. We're all faking it on some level. Correct. Yeah. I think that's a that's a instinctual thing. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Survival. And we all almost. have different personality types for a reason because it takes all kinds of personality types and different types of existing to make the world go round. What would we do if we didn't have creative people? The world would be so boring and colorless and dull and repetitive. Or if pe- we didn't have engineers, holy cow, we wouldn't be able to travel across the world. We wouldn't be able to drive across a river. Or build anything structurally sound. Correct. Or map out what is the best way to do stuff. To accomplish things. a task. Yeah, yes, correct. All and of this- even the people... Sorry, totally off it. topic. Yeah. Uh, my coworker and I were talking the other day about how we kind of felt bad for the the people who were the first to do something. And in that realm, I'm talking about like figuring out that like uh, fermented juice is fun or that one person <laughs> like there's either people who are rolling their balls off. Ones that are dead or ones that went, "Ooh, this mushroom is tasty. Like there are three roads for somebody to be like, hey, here's a mushroom. Well, first of all, the first step is, I wonder if I can eat this. <laughs> <laughs> then it's, you're going to be tripping balls, you're going to be dead, or it's fine. You just discovered a new form of food. It's a fungus. It's a fungus. Among us. It bl- <laughs> There's a fungus among us. It blows my mind that we eat mushrooms. I also love them Ditto. i will never give in to mushroom detractors ever they are earthy and delicious and the texture is perfect and anyone who disagrees you're wrong oh you used a big word and it took me about 10 seconds to figure out what it was people who disagree with me about mushrooms right yeah no i i i this is a safe space i gleaned, you I gleaned like that mushrooms. from like the way that you used it and i went just listen you'll figure it out and i sure did <laughs> you sure did Give me a hot second so here's the thing it took me three tries and until college actually stuck <laughs> and i'm surprised it stuck um you also dug yourself deeper within each try my dude i know i worked so hard I'm... and learned so much yeah you did i have those words in my brain Sometimes I feel like they're just rattling around, taking up space until, until a moment like that them. where I'm like, oh, I get to use this one word that I never get to use. Also, so thank you for that. P.S. By the way, when I'm around you, I use a different vocabulary set. Oh, that's very common. And then, okay. Wow. Way to make me feel basic, Jacob. Oh, I'm sorry. I was trying to like, yes, that's oh, no, normal. No, no, that's no. okay. I know. <laughs> I know. I was just trying to be sassy. Uh, but yeah, it's so interesting because I, I have a... I have technically five jobs. So in one of them, I use and hear big words and terms and, you know, and when I go and escape to that world for a few days, I feel like a genius. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there's like this, it's a completely different feel. But yeah, but when I'm around you and I can see it every once in a while, when we are in conversation, you do this adorable thing. And I'm pretty sure, I think that I do it too. But when we're searching for a word our eyes kick off real quick and then we find the word and we say it 
without like, and we're pretending like we're not proud of ourselves for using that big word. I don't think I ever had any awareness that I do that. But now that you say that, I can, I can see it. Uh-huh. It just, it's this little, <laughs> oh, it's like just searching for my smart. Got it. All right. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, I love you. I love you. It was about time. How far are we in? I don't 35. know. I can't tell. 35 minutes? Maybe 40. Neat. I don't know exactly what time we started. Well, it had, But we're really close to one of those things. Basically what I was getting at is it had been that long since I said I love you. <gasps> Too far. Too far. Too far. Never again. How unbalanced. <laughs> oh, my. We wrote down in our notes, um, finding balance. And I think that is, you know, we kind of hit on that of recognizing that in friendships, it is okay to ask when you are in need, because I feel like most of the time, especially Midwesterners, we are so willing to give Mm -hmm. of our time, of our whatever. We're so willing to give that it's hard for us to receive as well. Yeah. It's like almost culturally, you're expected to give the help, give the help, give the help. Yeah. But it's really difficult to say, oh, uh, hey, we both just raised our hands. <laughs> I need some help over here, guys. Right. It's, it's really hard to say that. It feels so alien. Mm-hmm. Because we're so used to providing care for others. Mm-hmm. Or being strong enough that we don't need help. Believing That's... that we're strong enough. Because sometimes we think we are and we're not. Oh. I'm not saying that about you, but generally speaking. I, I, I thank you for that clarification. You're strong as hell. Correct. Oh, look at them guns. Look at them guns. They're water pistols. Pew, pew. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, they bazookas. Uh, Yeah, being strong enough or having your own inner resources to muddle through. Right, that we would pull up our bootstraps and get it done by ourselves, which is so detrimental. Yeah. Humans are a communal being. Also, life is hard. It is. And it's harder when you're alone. Yep. And it's, and I think about, I mean, it's not as physically difficult now. I mean, we're not having to trek eight miles to go get fresh water. We're not having to hand plow our own food sources. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in that aspect, it's not as quote unquote hard. But I think about, you know, with the advent of social media and those expectations and you know what it is like the american dream was also tossed your way and then you're supposed to know what you want to do with your life when you're 18 and like this is life is hard and complicated so complicated you don't even know it's complicated until you run into a new thing and you're like what what's this what's this it's crappy everywhere what's this (laughs) what's this adulted oh there's a hair the places you find brand new hairs as you age. Well done and correct. I am planning on writing my own Broadway musical later. Perfect. And by that, I mean the street that's called Broadway. Oh. Yeah, it's it won't be happening in New York. Well, at least it's on Broadway. You right? don't have to specify which one. Uh-uh. The spotlight is just going to be you holding your camera. Okay. Holding your phone's flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is my friend. We're balancing our friendship. Drive around her. She's really needy right now. (laughs) She wanted to do a one woman show. 
I couldn't say no to I that. She doesn't even know what she's doing. She, <laughs> she thinks clipping her toenails is performance art. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, ew. Mm. Some local yokel drives by. This ain't New York. Get your performance art out of here. <laughs> There's no space for that in the Midwest. No. Bushlight is not the best beer. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> the correct response. In fact, the only response. <laughs> well, we went off topic. We shouted and you know why hmm. because this is best friendhood and it's what we do um what do you think about taking a break since our brains obviously are yeah i think we need a break okay let's take a quick break and we'll come back and then i think what i would like to get into is the unbalanced friendship portion a little bit more okay yeah that needs some more attention i think because i do, i mean we've alluded to it but i don't feel like we've really sat and gave it the best air yet mm -hmm. okay yeah let's take a quick break come back and do that yeah we'll talk to you in a minute all right bye we're back at it and so is the kitten yeah she's a she's a needy one she doesn't like being locked out of podcast time but kitty muse don't translate to audio very well true especially when the <laughs> become violent and by that i mean cute little muse turn into claws and teeth on me yeah we don't want that. they wouldn't dare bite you oh no she does girl baby kitty yeah you know i know you're in there mom <laughs> which when she hears her full name she knows <laughs> she's in trouble <laughs> um okay so melissa best friendhood episode four finding balance so in my brain i still feel like we haven't really given space to the unbalanced friendships part we've talked about it and like you know kind of gently glazed over that but in my brain i was even trying to figure out like well why what is it that's not feeling satisfied about that topic and um i think i've kind of finally settled on what i'm what i'm thinking and um maybe something that i want to talk about here is that sense of unbalance that we ourselves perceive in a friendship so it's it's like you know if for those of you who have watched parks and rec and leslie nope is like the epitome of a terrific friend super attentive extraordinarily thoughtful always going above and beyond and then you know even in in that show her, her main squeeze talks about how he can never live up to you know what she does and i think that's kind of where i'm coming from um almost that like guilt that we can feel like we're not living up to the expectations during a friendship like your friend is, is too good for you almost too good for you well no i think that that's that's leaning towards something different or is it more along the lines of your friend who asks a lot and sometimes you're not able to be there for them 
No, it's not. It's not that uh, in my brain, it's not that they're asking for anything. Okay. But that like I myself feel like it's like a a guilt, like a self-imposed imbalance to where I feel like I'm not enough. That you're not reaching out often enough, that you're not contacting them enough, that you're not sharing enough of your world with them. That I'm not being thoughtful enough, you know, these kind of things where it's like, um, I'm trying to think of the word. Yeah, just like not living up to that expectation. What I'm assuming this other person's expectation Mm -hmm. of a friendship is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's also super unhealthy. Unhelpful. Absolutely. Because why, I mean, like, in my brain, sometimes I think about that, and that's because I find myself lacking. And I'm worried that because there's that inadequacy there, that I'm going to lose this person as a friend. Mm -hmm. This person who you care very much about, who you want to have in your life, that you want to be connected to, that somehow you're falling short of the wants or needs of that friend because you are somehow not enough right and i think especially through the pangola express that we've been living through for (laughs) over a year now (laughs) I'm, i'm realizing that you know especially as i'm getting older i'm more of an introvert now than i was when i was younger and i have some friends that you know want to go and do things or are super active and I just kind of I want to be there and part of their part of their world but I also just want to stay at home and like not mm-hmm. do that and then that leads to me feeling that self-imposed guilt and I'm not sure I don't believe that I'm bringing this up because I need you to tell me that I'm fine <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you to therapize me is what I'm trying to say. Um, but I think that bring it to light because I'm sure other people feel this way. I feel this way. I went through something similar in my late 20s where all of a sudden I did not give a rat's behind about going out and dancing, going to the bars. All of a sudden, like it was a day, I think. Maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration, but it was such a short and quick understanding of myself as I'm tired of that lifestyle. It was so much fun. It was so wonderful. That doesn't vibe with who I am. Like, I'm a bookworm. I love a hot cup of tea and some jazz music (laughs) and to sit there and read. Yeah, I am a bookworm at heart and I have friends who are super extroverted and outgoing and that's where they get their energy and I love that about them that's why they're in my life is because I find that energy attracting attractive also I learned about myself that I don't gain energy from those kinds of experiences the way Mm -hmm. I did in my early 20s where it was go 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 Mm -hmm. there was a, a shift in my not necessarily priorities But a shift in what I enjoyed and what I valued spending my time on. I value spending time with my friends 
in a quiet environment where we can talk or play cards or play board games or do things like that where we're able to connect. Not that we weren't connecting on the dance floor, for example. That's just not how I want to choose to spend that time with any of my friends. Sure. Even when I lived in the city, we would go out, I don't know, once a month, once every other month. We would go to the bars, have a great time. Usually within an hour and a half, I'd be like, cool, this is great. Can we go back to your apartment or your condo and drink wine and listen to music and just talk? That's how I would like to spend my time with my friends. Sure. And I've always, oh, I'm getting back to you, I promise. I'm not just making it about me. (laughs) I've always carried this sense of guilt that, well, if my friends want to go out and do those things and those are the things that they enjoy, how do I reconcile that? How do I reconcile not quite enjoying that same experience in the way that they do? Or the way that you used to. Or the way that I used to. Yeah. While also really wanting to spend that time with them. Mm -hmm. There is that innate guilt of, gosh, I'm not being a good friend. I'm being a party pooper. I'm being the wet blanket. And I don't know that that's fair. No, I just got a little bit defensive right there. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden I was like, wait a second. I don't know if it's fair for us to feel that guilt. Right. This is why I wanted to bring it up. I think that's why it was like that little inkling of an itch. Mm-hmm. I was like, we need to talk about this. And that is, a, I, I see why you were thinking about that because it's a different It's a different variety. kind of unbalance. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's Self-imposed. Different... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess to, to kind of bring it around, you know, loop it up, if you will. Um, it's also kind of like, it's a fork in the road of like, maybe what's important is that you're true to yourself and what you would like and who you are. But it's also giving that friendship, that space that if it, if that person doesn't understand you, then that friendship, I mean, it's, then that's what it is. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. And I think we give ourselves that guilt is because we don't ever want to lose a connection with somebody, Mm -hmm. but it is like, it's a truthful thing when we say, well, we just kind of drifted apart. We just grew apart. Yeah, because we are always changing and growing and uh, evolving Mm -hmm. as individuals. And maybe that unease, that unbalance is like a signpost. Mm. Could be, could not be. Depends on the relationship, really. Exactly, yeah. And I think I just wanted to bring it to light because those are moments that I have felt where like I felt like I was lacking or behind and and i guess what i'm actually coming to (laughs) true in time moment is like uh yeah that is gonna happen Mm -hmm. and stop feeling guilty because you are who you are and that friend is who they are you know if if it no longer vibes as tightly knit as it used to that is okay you're still gonna have each other in that friendship it's just gonna be different and both parties need to be okay with that. So maybe that means having a conversation about it. like Or one friend doesn't even feel that dissolve. Right. They may not be experiencing that at all. They may right. see that shift and think, oh, all, all right. right. Exactly. I, can, I can meet you where you're at. We're because assuming that's, again. That's such an important part of friendship or any relationship is, are we willing to meet the other person where they are? 
in my job, if I'm standing in Chicago and the person I'm with is in St. Louis, I can't expect them to just show up in Chicago. I've got to go to St. Louis, meet them there, and then say, here's the map to get to Chicago. Here's how we get there. And I think friendships are kind of like that too. If we're in two separate places in life, are we going to find a way to meet in the middle? Are we going to meet each other in where one person is or where the other person is? Or are we going to say, you know what? I'm here. You're here. Let's let that be that. Jake. What? I have to tell you, I think that this is a great way to wrap up this episode because I believe that this is going to lend itself to a great segue for next week's episode. Really? May I, may I tell you why I'm finding this in my brain right now? Please. Because I believe, as you were talking, I have this one friendship in my mind right now uh, with my Michaela. And we are friends that don't speak often. Mm-hmm. And we've been friends since middle school. But I tell you what, whenever we run into each other, whenever we choose to come together, it's magic. And it's just, we pick up exactly where we left off. It is like a shining brilliant there is no there's nothing lackluster about the friendship we don't like we honestly will send each other you know like a thank you card or a birthday card or maybe like a facebook messenger sure but besides that rarely do we update each other on our lives like she came to my birthday party and i couldn't help but just glow Mm -hmm. because my michaela was here you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and so what i'm thinking is like we need to talk about the different kinds of friendships because that's a childhood friendship that there is there's no expectations besides, hey, next time we hang out, it's going to be a lot of fun. Right. And yes. then we can just sit there and like, it, there's no there and... upkeep for that friendship. And that's totally outside of the norm. There's no upkeep for that friendship. It is solid. It is there. And we both understand that. I've heard so many people talk about, and I've even said, you know, I love my friendship with this person. We can go six months without talking and it's like no time has passed. We just dive right into it. Oh my gosh, you won't believe what happened to me this week. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever the case may be. But upkeep. You're able to respect and honor where you're at, where she's at. And when you come together, you respect that you're there together. Yeah. That feels like balance to me because neither one of you are asking for more or pushing away. There's there's a, a mutual oh, respect. Okay. Of, yep. You there's were, a mutual you were, respect of. You were definitely. This is just how this goes. I definitely hear what you're saying, but I also feel like there's an unbalance because I want to be even better friends with her. Oh, okay. That is. Or, or I want to be an even more attentive friend. Sure. But this this friendship that we do have is just like a golden GD nugget. You know what I mean? To where it's just like I can go and do and build and be. Michaela's like a a golden anchor friend. Yeah. Anyway, we should not talk anymore about this because it needs to be next week's episode. <laughs> okay. We've got it down. Okay. Beautiful. Perfect. So maybe let's come back to the, the guilt and that piece of the unbalance. Oh, I was kind of like wrapping it up to be done. I know. Okay. Oh, you there's an unresolved that you would like to resolve? There is just a little bit. Sure. Let's and get then into we can be it. Done because I do feel like this is a really good place to be done. Otherwise, this episode is going to go on for hours. I have no clue how long this is right now. I stopped keeping track. It was my one job other than showing up. You know, and nobody, you know what? Nobody asked you to keep track of that. Nobody gave you that job. That was I know. a self-imposed. I said, this is my job now. Okay. 
Cool. So anyway, <laughs> let's talk about your guilt, Jacob. So the way you were describing, the way I was understanding and experiencing guilt in a friendship like that, it makes me, it reminds me of some of what we've talked about before, those sort of underlying feelings of our own self-worth. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think, I think that that is what's being activated for us in those moments is a long, long time ago, maybe we had a friend or a caregiver or a sibling, some kind of a relationship in which we were told, you're not doing enough for this relationship. You must not care or you, you're you not doing enough. You're not giving enough. There was some kind of a message that was given to us that we took in, that reading, we heard. Reading a book, watching a TV show. Yeah, And seeing yes. those dynamics. And like, well, that's a perfect relationship. That's I must, how I need to be. That's a good friend. I must be falling short. Mm-hmm. Ties directly yep. into our feelings of our own worth that, well, gosh, if I'm not hitting the standard, then I must not be a good friend, which... Honestly, saying it out loud, it kind of sounds a little bit irrational, almost. Like I, When you were saying, like, it might have been a caregiver or a sibling or whatnot, and I was thinking through my brain, like, no, I mean, I've, I've gone through some stuff, but none of that was clicking. And then I went, well, where else would I have found this? And it was before social media, obviously. It was right. when I was a child. It was, I would read 15 books in a summer, easy easily easy same and you know watching tv shows it was mm-hmm. that it was that fabricated mm-hmm. um framed in edited Scripted. relationship yeah because i'm a sucker for fantasy man and that are, so that's they're meant to be perfect one of the things that i loved the most about the harry potter series as a child We've talked about J.K. Rowling. We do not support her and her transphobia. No. Uh, Let it be very clear. But that doesn't mean, because that world is ours. It's no longer That world is hers. ours. The fans have taken it. Yep. Goodbye. Bye. One of the things that I loved the most and felt most connected to in that series was in fourth and fifth year, especially when there were some real rumblings between the trio, mm-hmm. where... There were ruptures between their friendships where there was an imbalance that was very explicitly spoken to in some ways. Mm-hmm. I felt so comforted by that to know that my experience as a teenager, as an adolescent, where I did have these friends that I thought were going to be my lifelong friends, yada, 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 haven't spoken to them in almost 20 years, less than that, I'm not that old yet. But it was such a comfort to know through that medium, through the books that I read all of the time, that friendships can have difficulties and still come back together. That friendships can go Mm. through an unbalance and still regain balance and still remain friends. That those things are not permanently broken necessarily. That's a much healthier way of looking at it. I was so, I disliked it because it needed to be perfect. And mm. so I just speed read until it got better again. Mm-hmm. It was so uncomfortable for you to look at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that's not, that's not, that's not how it goes. <laughs> that's not how you want it to go. Right. Right. I'm not reading this book for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to escape real life over here. 
which I think leads into another topic that maybe we don't, I don't think we have time for it today, but my brain just went to, gosh, so what do we do when our friendships are so unbalanced? Where Do we give up or do we give it a try? Exactly. What do we do with that once yep. we recognize the imbalance, once our ability to tolerate the imbalance? Ooh, there are so many different ingredients to There's so consider. much. Do you cut the thread and say, you know what, this is just too much for me right now. I wish you well. Goodbye. Do you... Yep. You know what? Let's not get into it. Let's right. save this. It, it, it's so much more. We can delve into this is a kitty waiting pool that's going to turn out to be a 26 foot deep pool An and we're going to diving pool yeah and i'm going to toss that weighted ring down in there we're going to get into it Heck but yeah, another day another day yeah another one um yeah yeah thank you for you thank you for that because i was about to just go if this weren't a podcast if this were just like you and me talking like we normally do <laughs> we would be talking for recording. hours yeah and we go off on these beautiful spirals we do but let's rain it Rain her in, mm-hmm. ride her down, Yep, and we'll come back around. Notes have been made, friends. We will friends be talking about Friends have been made, notes. <gasps> yes, they have. I just pictured like cartoon music notes floating around. I pictured cartoon sticky notes dancing around. <laughs> oh my <laughs> Okay, Doug, you know what? This is great. Thank you all for listening yet again. We are extraordinarily appreciative and in awe. And grateful. appreciative in awe grateful i can't remember if we've mentioned this before i think we did if not i'm just gonna say it just to be sure yeah this was a really big dream for us and the fact that we get to actually do it and that we get to share it with you and to share it with each other is magnificent so thank you for being here with us yeah take care of each other Love Find yourselves. Find some fun. Yeah. Know that you are loved. And we'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye! Goodbye. Best Friendhood was edited by Jake and me. Logo by Jennifer Bate. You can find us on the social media. I'm talking Twitter and Insta at BFHpod. Listen to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. And if you're feeling generous enough to help support us and possibly some better sound equipment, you can find us on Patreon at Best Friendhood. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. Uh, That's how I end it. (laughs)